podcaster. I hardly know her. (laughs) Meet Megan Bryant. She's an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids, a comedian, a super energetic improv trainer, and an award-winning author. Megan is passionate about creating happier, healthier human connections through humor. This podcast dives into all sorts of topics that tackle personal growth, professional strategies, and sharing positive messages to build up the communities around us. Each of us can make an impact. So keep in mind that you don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Thank you for tuning in. This is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. And here's your host, Megan Bryant. Sometimes when I record episodes, and by sometimes I mean usually when I record an episode, then I'm like, oh, why didn't I remember to do that and that and that? Even when I do take notes, I still am like, darn it. So today, as I'm recording this episode, it is the second birthday of my beloved Jeep Wrangler, Sahara Unlimited. It is pumpkin orange. It is by far my favorite material belonging in life. And I've had an orange Jeep before and there were some other complications involved that made me not have the Jeep for a while. And eventually I made my way back to having a Jeep and there's more of that tale in, I think my second or third episode uh, called Beep Beep, I'm a Jeep. I just thought it was interesting today to reflect on how many financial issues have arisen in the past several years. And even during this COVID time, while I was trying to qualify for a home and really realigning my um, my financial positioning so that I could feel more stability, I there was two different times that I almost had to get rid of my Jeep Wrangler and I was sick about it. It made me so frustrated and devastated and angry and I ended up being able to work around it and get it refinanced and keep it and still close on my home. And so there's been a lot of positive things that came from that. And somehow I managed to not even mention that in this episode. And I just feel like it's worth saying that um, occasionally we will make decisions like, no, buying that Wrangler was not the smartest financial decision I've ever made. And it's the largest car payment I've ever had in my life at a time when I've had possibly the lowest income since I was in my early 20s or maybe even my teens. And so (laughs) I just, um, I value it so much to remember what the experiences should be in favor of positive money experiences and relationships with how we treat our finances and our capacity to have the things that we want and love and still provide for what we need. And so I just wanted to mention my Jeep, who is named Jeff, on his birthday today of um, how important the lessons have been that I've learned in the world of finances and how um, also there's some give and take where Uh, absolute joy comes into play. And every time I turn the ignition on of my Jeep and drive it around, especially during the hot summer months when I pop the top off, um, it is really a infusion of absolute joy in my life. And um, anyway, so all that to say, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I just really um, wanted to process through some things um, as I am working to not only stabilize and fortify, but uh, 
um, get back into the normal mode of financial stability that I am accustomed to. Um, and so that's it. I don't know. I don't know. Enjoy. <laughs> this episode is one that has been on my mind for a really long time. And honestly, it's really funny that I'm recording this this week because at this moment, at least at the time I'm recording it, um, I, my, my sponsorship chunk that comes from Anchor is no longer active. I had a one-year sponsorship agreement with Anchor, and so if you've listened to my episodes before, you would have heard the peppy pleasant ads about um, how to use this app to create your podcast simply and easily. And I was really frustrated when I got the email the other day because I was like, dang it, it's already been a year and I've only been doing like an episode per month and I started getting into these freaking, um, getting into these freaking bad mindsets about like the excuses of why I haven't been doing episodes. And I will say if it, it, there is validity to the fact that like sometimes our obligations that we have in life, um, they are important priorities. Like having children takes a lot of time and energy. Having a day job takes a lot of time and energy. Having a lot of ambitions, again, takes a lot of time and energy. And I, especially during this pandemic time, which I don't like to hear myself use as an excuse, I just have felt an extreme level of fatigue like I've really never felt before. And a frustration around that when I'm not producing the things that I want to, like I think about doing a podcast all the time. It like crosses my mind all the time. And I've been wanting to also just like tweak, you know, tweak it a little bit and up the game a little bit to so that I'm not doing it while I'm driving in the car and whatever, even though I did originally set the precedent that these will possibly be on the go. And yet I, I want there to be an improvement in production value and being able to really try to collect my thoughts a little bit more and... So this spurred some thoughts this week that really have been, it's always been on my mind, like the, and that's the concept and the topic of money. Um, and I titled this actually like a, a year ago maybe is when I wrote this note down of wanting to do this episode. I titled it Repairing My Relationship With Money. And I don't know why, like, I don't know why I thought my relationship with money was broken. I know that I've gotten to a point where I've been very discouraged in myself um, because I'm not in a financial position that I thought I would have been by the time I'm on this cusp to age 40. Um, and it wasn't for lack of trying. Ever since I was very young, I saved money. And when I had more than one job, which I had two jobs, even well into married life up until I had my first son. And um, and so I was always very responsible with money and very forward thinking about saving and preparing for times that um, you know I wanted to just have an abundance available. And I would also do fun things along the way. I never restricted myself from taking nice vacations and, and buying things that I wanted. I was never like out of control, like living way out of my means. I mean, there's definitely been pockets of time where I've learned some lessons. Uh, but my intention is to live a very comfortable life and not feel like I'm being restricted. And so there's been a lot of negative energy around it for me. And so I'm sure that's where that has come into play is 
is is that re, that re, um, need for repair and yet my respect and honor for what money can do has always been um, positive. I've always very much valued the ability to work hard, although I don't want to work as hard as I'm getting older, but working hard, working honestly, working with integrity and getting a good value for that. I have always respected that. And I've always been very proud of myself for my ability to provide for myself and my family and, um, and to have fun along the way too. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about a few things. There's three items that I'm going to talk about at the very end that are very actionable tasks that I do with myself to keep a positive mindset and energy around money as I am in this rebound mode. And, um, and, I'm, and then I'm obviously I'm at this point going to uh, meander a little bit through how my opinions have been formed around money up until this point. Um, like I said before, I, I was really smart with money when I was young. I saved for retirement early. I started savings accounts and retirement accounts and um, have worked for companies that like contributed to 401ks and all those great things, which was really wonderful and exciting. And, um, and then a lot of things. So when everything kind of came to a head a few years ago, and I still never worried about money. I just was like, oh, good thing I saved a lot of money when I was young because oh, now I was needing to move out of my house um, a lot quicker than I thought I was going to. Uh, I also left pretty much everything. When I got a divorce, I pretty much left everything, all the furniture, the appliances, the um, the electronics, like my, my bed, my, I mean, everything I took minimal, not even probably half of the kitchen supplies. I took just parts of the toys and the thing, you know, the things we needed to live on, um, for me and my kids. And I didn't want any of the things that were attached to that life. Um, and I had, uh, some money left in my retirement account, which would end up sustaining me as I made the transition. And I, at the time I was like, Whoa, I'm so grateful I saved money because not everyone is able to even step out of a challenging relationship if they have n no uh, financial stability. And I know a lot of women who have been in long marriages and they were either on an allowance or they didn't have, they didn't work and they didn't have their own resources and stayed or still are in relationships that are very oh, not good for them because they feel they have no other option. So I remember being really grateful about that. And at the time, um, too, like I tried to do as, as, as uh, smart of financial decisions as possible under the circumstances. When I got a divorce, I did hire a lawyer to actually just make sure all the paperwork was done well. I didn't want to miss anything and I don't know how to do legal paperwork. And so I had this very affordable situation where I was like, okay, we're going to do this all amicably. It's going to be great. It was probably 500 some odd total from start to finish out of pocket for having papers prepped. And that included um, recording with the state or filing with the state or whatever the terminology is. And so I was like, awesome, this is going to be fine. Everything seems to be very amicable. 
we're going to do this very affordably and in a nice pace and everything will be fine. Um, and so then over the course of the, the past several years, a lot of that has blown up in my face because I have been served with modifications three times in three years, um, always with fighting on money. And so I've been learning a lot of the interesting things about my uh, my taking ownership and responsibility over the financial stability of not only myself, but for my whole household while I was married. And I always felt like um, I didn't have a teammate. And then it, it has continued to um, be a financial burden because then lots and lots and lots of lawyer fees started ra uh, racking up when I had to address modifications and ultimately child support is no longer in the picture. And even when it was, it was uh, always um, accompanied with with bad energy, you know, like he didn't want to pay it. He got to stay in the house that was paid for free and clear in cash by my former father-in-law, a gift to us that I had to walk away from. And so I started like listing all these things that I was so frustrated about. And honestly, there was probably a lot of money left on the table because I had found credit card uh, accounts and um, different accounts I didn't know existed. And so who knows, like at the times that my, my ex had been working, like how much he may have stocked away and been sitting on a fortune because I just paid all the bills over the years, like for the vast majority. So I have just been like really, really feeling a lot of friction in my, inside myself about like, how did I let myself down by spreading myself so thin in taking ownership over things that I really wished I had had a partner for. And there's been a lot of negative energy around stuff um, just the past several years because it keeps coming up. And even so I finally got to a point um, where I had been self-employed and I was to the point of um, kind of running out of the, those savings reserves and I applied finally for food stamps. And then <laughs> that turned out to be a bit of a fiasco too because later when I was audited, I ended up, um, I didn't know at the time, but when I had f like finished uh, draining um, one of my retirement accounts to live off of, they took that distribution and, and uh, what's it called? Like averaged it over the course of the time that I was getting those food stamps and that amount bumped me over eligibility technically by like, less than a few hundred dollars per month for the household. And so then I had to repay all the food stamps for 18 months. And I'm like, man, I can't get a freaking break. And so I knew, like, even then I was like mad. I was mad that that was happening. And I was like, okay, I'm trying my best to be positive and to do things that are good for my little household and I'm trying to get my legs back under me and to run and be, have confidence and rebuild my savings account and all these things that I hope to do and I feel like I'm on the right track uh, with the mindset. But it was just, it's amazing how consuming money can be and having a negative energy around it or bad relationship with money seems to continuously draw additional bad experiences around it. Whereas allowing a positive energy and just like a commitment to an abundant mindset can really almost immediately shift things. 
So as, as I've been relearning some lessons or even fine-tuning things I already knew about money, I've been engaging with my children on um, some things that I wanted them to learn about. So um, they ask, as many kids do, ask for things all the time. Mom, can you get this at the store? Like whether it's a treat or a toy or a new video game to download or um, you know things they actually need, shoes, clothes, um, food, whatever. And they were asking me stuff all the time. And I was like, guys, guys, do you notice how much you're asking me for stuff? I'm like, do you know? I'm like, I know they don't really know or they're learning now, but they, didn't, they don't think about how everything costs money. And I'd be like, look around us. Just to be in this house, it costs money every month. Not only for the house, but for the heat that we feel, for the air conditioning, for the water that runs through the house, for the power that turns on the lights for every piece of furniture that's in here, which everything that I have has either been given to me by amazing friends who love me and um, just passed stuff down that no longer worked for them, or it's stuff that I bought because I had to refurnish a whole, an entire home. When I moved out, I wanted my kids to still feel at home even though I wasn't there to make it feel homey, and I wanted there to be as much familiarity as possible because I knew that wherever I was, um, I wouldn't worry about that. And so I had to rebuild everything. I had to buy new, new everything, new appliances. I mean, not everything new, but you know, replace things that I actually needed to survive. And, and I loved it. I loved kind of slowly over the last several years, piecing things together and creating the life that I want to live and that I can be proud of and that I know I worked for and that I earned. Um, and there's just such a, a, a great feeling of, the things that have been reciprocal with any time I can donate things. Like I didn't even take the baby cribs. I was given one. Um, I left the kids bed. Like you guys, everything. I moved out of my house with myself and four kids in one overnight packing experience with my sister helping. And I think I've probably mentioned this on a past episode, but just to reinforce that, like my six month plan of cohabitating was abruptly brought to an end and I had to get out of there. And I just went with what, what we needed to um, get by. And I, I loved the excitement of knowing that everything that I had done up to that point I'd already known that I know how to save money. I know how to also do things that are fun. I'm such an experiential person. So I love to vacation um, and not even like lavish vacations, but I just love to be able to see new places and explore things and not feel restricted, right? So anyway, the kids were asking me over and over and over and over, mom, like they want all these things. And so there was a whole month a while back that I put this big fat chart on the wall. I made a big calendar and I was like, I am not buying anything that is not an absolute necessity for 30 days. And every time you guys ask me for something, I'm going to make a mark on this other chart. So next to this giant calendar was another big chart that was needs and wants. And we talked about what makes a need and what makes a want. Um, and at that time, it happened to be the start of a new school year. Um, and so we were talking about school clothes and whatever else, um, things that they just want versus uh, you know, like some of the things that we talked about, there was, um, one of them said they had wanted some face paints. One of them wanted, uh, a new Nerf gun. Um, they were wanting an Alexa, which I didn't have at the time. Um, which actually I was given by someone, you know, sometimes ugh, maybe I'll talk about this in, a, in another episode of the adventures in dating. Uh, but I acquired an Alexa from someone I dated for a while. Cause I was like, I don't want one of those in my house. 
And so he gave me one and I was like, what is with dudes doing the exact opposite? Like to prove some weird point. Anyway, um, so we would chart things out and, oh, and I was like talking about accessories I wanted for my Jeep and whatever. So it was all of us together talking about what are the wants, what are the needs? And every day someone would put an X on the calendar to count down the days to when we would maybe buy something that was a want instead of a need. And then I would stick a jar, I stuck a jar over this on this little counter thingy that we were doing it on. And every time they asked for something, I would put a bead in the jar. So we were really having this visual uh, representation of just how dominant it is that that money comes up and obviously it doesn't come up as much for kids i was just recognizing how it is constantly coming up of things like anytime we want to do or have something it quite often has some sort of a cost associated with it and so that was really a valuable experience for me to inventory like oh my gosh this is something that i don't want to be stressing about i want to feel capable and proud and stable and so I've also read quite a few books over the years and just finished re-listening to an audiobook called You Are a Badass at Making Money. I just finished actually this morning listening to um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I also recently read The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, what else have I read? I know there's another couple that I can't quite remember off the top of my head at the moment. And I just have been very committed to filling my brain with positive daily um, learning and supplements of things that are going to help me continue to move in a positive direction forevermore. There's three things that I do now on a regular basis. Like literally this is something that is on my everyday do this list and it has finally helped me to break free from my own mental shackles of um concern of lack of wondering when i'm gonna feel like i'm back on track financially um just you know uh, and and it, some of it's really hard when you actually like stare it in the face of what what you have going on in life and just being really real about um, what needs to happen. So there, these three things are activities that I do um, to keep it at the, at the top of mind. And then, um, hold on, I'm actually making another note for another thing that I'm, I am working on because it is a little scary and it just reminded me, as I said, you know, sometimes we have to stare it in the face, everything we have going on in order to really make an impact uh, um, for the good. So the first thing that I do, and this was a suggestion that came from the book, um, her name is Jen Sincerno. Um, the how uh, what is it called? You are a badass at making money. Um, she says get a hundred dollar bill out of the bank, which I did. I got a hundred dollar bill out of the bank, and she says keep it. Or no, was it from that one? It doesn't matter which book. It might have been in the slight edge. I don't know. I read those all back to back to back. Um, it doesn't matter. The point is, um, I got a hundred dollar bill. I actually have it right here on my desk where I can see it all the time. Um, the suggestion is to either have it in your wallet so that you have it with you all the time, but I don't leave my house a whole lot because I work from home primarily. Um, so I keep it at my desk and many, many times per day, <clears throat> anytime I think of something I might want or need, 
I think, oh, I have this $100 bill right here ready to make that purchase. I could buy that. And instead of actually spending it, just allowing that positive energy of what the capacity is of a $100 bill and to re-spend it 10, 20, 100, 500, 1,000 times a day and allowing that positive um I feel like I'm saying positive energy like a bajillion, bajillion times in this episode, uh, but maybe that's a good thing. So just thinking about all these things you can buy and respending it over and over and over and over makes that value of the $100 feel so much uh, bigger and expands the capacity. And also for me has made me realize what a power of choice, like a powerful um choice I have in what I want to spend my money on and really taking the ownership of that. So that is something that I um, took away from whichever book it is. It doesn't really matter. I love what it does for me uh, mindset wise, just to see that it exists and to um, consider what I could buy at any given moment. I've got that money. I could do it right now. Um, and, and think about the great many things, experiences or items or whatever that it can pay for. The second one is I finally started a gratitude journal, just specifically a gratitude journal. I have put things, um, notes of gratitude and things interwoven through my other journals. And like my regular journal is kind of a hybrid situation where I have tasks and different things I'm doing for work and projects on one side and then I'll flip the book over and work it back into the middle from the other end with journal entries and sometimes a journal entry might be notes of keywords that stuck out while I'm listening to an audiobook or reading a book or whatever or um, like a good old-fashioned dump of the mind of something journal journaly or um, wishes like kind of a dream board. Sometimes I stick pictures of things that I like or notes from my kids that I want to keep, um, all sorts of things like that. With this new gratitude journal every day, when I wake up, I write down three things and try to not have them be the same thing. And the pages are getting full and it is so exciting that that is something I look forward to right when I wake up, it's just right on my nightstand and I start my day with those three thoughts. And um, the third thing is to set small goals to be consistent with. Um, I kept feeling like, you know, once I feel like I'm making money again, then I'll start saving again or whatever. And I already know better. I worked in banking for 10 years. I already know better than to think it's gonna you're suddenly just gonna have big amounts of money to save like that doesn't happen very often it has to be this steady process and so with honor to my favorite lucky number 22 i picked um for twice a month every second and 22nd to have 22 dollars automatically saved from my checking to my savings and it's like not a big deal I wouldn't notice it because what, you know, think about the things that we spend 20 bucks on without hardly even batting an eye. And so I just thought that's, I already know myself well enough. And I've seen a lot of different account strategies from clients over the years of how they either don't save money at all or don't have a consistent strategy. And so it's just a, a way to commit to, um, seeing that progress and it already feels like it's making 
progress um, and try and knowing that it's happening on its own um, it is it's actually just keeping um, a good momentum without me having to be so hands-on um, which for me feels really good and and I know that as things continue to go in a positive direction, then I can maybe up that a little bit. Or, um, you know, if I get a certain paycheck or whatever, like I I know it's probably weird, but I'm like, I just love the number 22. I always have, I love, so, you know, if I were to be able to start getting more flexible and finish paying off some debts from various things, then, you know, maybe some sometime in, in the next couple of years, it can be $222 per month or twice per month or I don't know. It just will naturally start heading in that direction because I am putting all of my energy and allowing um, the abundance to start flowing back into my life. Um, so I guess what I want to bring this home with right now is it's it's really hard sometimes to face things and I have heard myself a lot being really mad and bitter about the way things have gone down in my life on certain things and really being frustrated that I get the short end of the stick, seemingly. It's the way that I, um, you know, as some of these big trials have hit, I hadn't been leading those thoughts with gratitude as often as being mad that I, like... Everything that I had done as a young person with an intention of having a very comfortable lifestyle by the time I was the age I am now, I, I feel like I did all that work and then it's gone. But I had to, I still am having to just like piece stuff together. I'm having to pay for my kids' braces. I had to reimburse some child support because of unemployment on the other party. Uh, and just things that are so frustrating, you guys. And I know everybody has their own um, things that are challenging. But I lined everything out. I charted out everything I have that are monthly bills, expenses, how much I still owe my lawyer, how much I owe on my kiddos' braces, how much I owe on um, whatever, the, the credit cards and different little things that have amassed as I also got into a new home. And so I have a mortgage and um, all of it on my own again. And, and I'm really excited and a little nervous at the same time. And I want to, just like I do when I am about to perform a comedy show or speak or whatever, whatever, um, I still get so nervous right before it because I know I'm going to be really like forthright and vulnerable. And I don't know how things are going to land on the listeners or the audience. And so I will always feel nervous and sweaty. And I feel that same way when I'm looking at my own life and like just embracing it, that it has had some pretty big hits. And thankfully, it's also had some really, really great lessons and reinforcements of who I am as a person and what I'm capable of. And I just refuse to let any more of my energy and brain power be consumed by the frustration and anger of what felt like was taken from me and just try really try to maintain that focus of how good things are and I don't I as 
I can get um, back to a, a comfortable space financially, I just know it's going to continue to allow um, peace and comfort in a lot of other ways. Um, because I'm not in an acquisition mode. I'm in a mode of wanting to simply sustain my needs and find ways to have joy. And I believe that the more abundance can come my way, the more generous I'll be able to be. Even when I have had times when I don't make very much money, I try to be very reciprocal with that abundant mindset by not even just mindset. My behaviors are to speak abundance back out into the world. To like, if I use a friend who has a business of their real business, I will pay them for their service and not ask them to do it for free. I will be a good tipper. I am a good tipper. Like I want people to feel that respect for what they are and that value and that worth that sometimes gets tangled up with money because I know that that's something I have really, really had to work hard to overcome from the years of being asked to do things for free. Even as recently as this week, I've been asked to do something for free that is, um, you know, it's my livelihood. And so that's that's just where I wanted to go today because um, I'm doing a, a, a Facebook Live um, I wonder if I can link it on here somewhere, but I get to do a Facebook Live today and I know I'm gonna be talking about some of these money things and the topic today of that is to pursue your passion. And a lot of the frustrations around money sometimes for me have been that I've worked other jobs to try to balance out all of the things that were on my shoulders for um, household expenses and different things while trying to simultaneously pursue that my passion of writing and comedy and creating things that I want to with the improv space. And um, even though that is stuff that is in itself has the capacity of making money, um, I just want to laser focus it back in and not feel um, like it has to be either or. Like in the pursuit of chasing our passions, it all should be interwoven together with our positive vibes of um, the abundance being there. If we are truly focused on sharing our talents and our time and our, our skills and our joy with the world, we need that. We need everybody to be able to confidently step into who they are and know that there is a worth to it, a, an actual true value dollar-wise and the worth of sharing in our human experience, um, which you really can't put a price on. So um, anyway, I just was sick of hearing myself complaining about not having enough episodes out. And so I, here we go. I have other things I probably quote unquote should be doing right in this moment. Uh, and I, this was the priority. So um, thank you, as always, for listening in and to those of you diligent listeners who have um, been supportive and sharing messages with me of encouragement. I appreciate it so 
much. It really lights my fire to um, have interactions with people and, and have people share their stories um, that come up when they listen to the podcast. So thank you, as always, for taking the time to join me in this little uh, nook of the universe and I'm wishing you well and abundance and positive, yummy juju all towards the things that you want most in your life and an explosion of joy around the things you are passionate about and lots of giggles. Find time and reason to giggle and, and smile and, um, and find the joyful things amid the trials. <sighs> mm. Well, that felt good. That felt good and I needed it. So if you made it this far, I hope. Something in here felt good for you too. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. You can follow along with all of Megan's shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. I'm Sean Hancock with recycledmindscomedy.com.